Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Are you a lifelong fan of General Hospital? Are you a new fan who wants to know more about the history of the show? Do you enjoy talking about the show with others? Do you find yourself yelling at the TV? Is your self-care an hour a day in Port Charles? If so, we invite you to join hosts Amanda Kimmel and Shannon Coach at the place where all the hidden conversations take place and secrets are revealed. Meet us at Pier 54, a General Hospital fan podcast. Hello. Hi. Welcome to the Poor Charles 411. Today, we continue talking about Alan Quartermain. It was originally going to be the 80s. Now it's 80 through 84 because he was very busy at the beginning of this decade. He was a jerk. My goodness. Like such a jerk. Ah, Ah! I hope that by the end of all of this research, we are not retracting our statements about how much we love Alan. Because well, no one has ever asked us, like, why do you love him so much? That's true. Thank you for never calling us out. Because if you referred to the 80s, we would have had no idea what you were talking about. And he was a jerk. Oh, my goodness. And just, uh, we'll, we'll talk about it through because we don't want to jump ahead. But we said, I think we said it a little bit last week. There's a very obvious difference between what was acceptable. True. Back then versus now. Yes. Because I am fairly certain within a week of him doing a teeny tiny bit of the stuff that he's done, he'd have been killed by somebody. Oh, heck yeah. Uh, oh, it, it pains me to, I don't know about you, but like if I'm watching the stuff on YouTube and I'm like, oh, why do I love you? And not just him, but the reaction of the women to him yes. that we will get into. They had some pretty yeah odd thoughts on his behavior. Yes. But real quick, going back to last week when we talked about Alan buying Monica the mansion for their for the wedding present and everything, yeah. I did find the YouTube video of it. It was stuck in the middle of some random playlist. Did you watch it? No. So Alan opens up the door for Monica and she's like, oh, it's so much beautiful than I remember, you know, all these great things. And then the phone rings and they're they're just talking about how Edward and Lila aren't there. You know, let's let's enjoy our first night in our house, house you know, yeah. all that fun stuff. He goes into the room to, into the den, he goes into the den and pours them some champagne. And she's like, oh, you thought of everything. And he gives a toast and he says, you know, here's to the beginning, rather the ending of my jealousy, you know, basically like here's to new beginnings, right. things like that. And the phone rings and Monica's like, who even has this phone number? But it obviously has to maybe be the hospital because, right, who else would have this number? It was Rick. <gasps> That's not a good sign. Rick was the first phone call. And you just see Alan, like, put down his champagne, like, well, shoot, I just said I was going to be done being jealous, you know? And he's obviously, like, really, really struggling with it. But then that's how it ended. Although it was great because for one second in the middle of all that, I like the people who really try to keep... It obviously had jumped to another scene and then came back to yeah. that one. I like when we find those videos that they did try to edit it mm -hmm. to keep it seamless. But there was a real quick blip of... um Richard D. Anderson and my husband was sitting downstairs watching it. And I said, can you see who that is? 
And he's like, it, it happened so quickly. I mean, I knew who it was. And I was like, well, it was Richard Dean Anderson. He's like, MacGyver. I'm like, yep. <laughs> MacGyver started on GH. But that has nothing to do with our talking about Alan in the 80s. Was he calling from the hospital or was he calling from the personal line? I don't know. I, I actually don't know. Huh. I, I want to know I if think... he had the number and I feel bad for them not having caller ID because if it was his personal line, she could have been like, oh, it's wrong number and just not answered it. If it was the hospital, yeah. she would be justified answering it. If I remember their conversation, I feel like it was more medical. Okay. So yeah, he wasn't calling to like chat her up. Right. But it just happened to be Rick. So, you know, Oops. perfect. So we ended, we ended last week where Leslie finds out that Rick is probably AJ's dad. Yep. Oh, just scary. So then we start 1980 and a furious, oh, and again, we're using General Hospital fandom, which had very small amounts of storyline for this time period, but then seriously just went through Curly Q Girls episode descriptions and just cut out anytime Alan was mentioned, not just anytime it was mentioned, like I tried to read through and see the surrounding context and everything too. So there's so much information there. So much. And YouTube a little bit. YouTube had the same stories though. Yes. And some of ones that we've already talked about yes. before. And so I was like, and I tried yeah. to insert those into there and be like, by the way, like when we were talking about Jimmy Lee Holt, just go listen to that. Yes. But then we got some answers about Jimmy Lee Holt in some of the stuff that we're going to read today. Yes. So it all goes together eventually at some point. But a furious Alan plots to kill the lovers in 1980. But at the last minute, Alan rescues them, rescues them, realizing he'd be the only suspect. I could not find this video. This is when Alan had arranged for a roof to collapse on them. And then he he realized, oh, geez, I'm the only one up here with them. Of course, it's going to be. Yeah. So I I don't know what this whole storyline was, is that's all the description that we could get for it. But our buddy, Steve, Steve Silverman with a World Gone Good podcast says he was like the Wiley Coyote for a while when he tried to blow up the love shack on the pier that Rick and Monica were in and blew himself up when he rigged the ceiling in AJ's nursery to collapse on rick and monica and he caught himself in it too haha his friendship with leslie and the rest of that i'm not gonna i'm gonna have to remember to read when we get to that section but so he at least said so it was he tried to rig the he tried to hurt aj yeah that doesn't make any sense i mean try to he didn't try to hurt aj but But that could have been a risk yeah 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 See, I saw the explosion when they were like in the shack and he was going to go up there and he like saw somebody and he paused for a second and was like, whatever. And then he walked up and then you heard the explosion, but I didn't know that he had set the explosion up. I thought it just happened. I watched that back when we talked about Monica's lovers. Lovers. Yes. Say it correctly. (laughs) February. So I didn't go back and revisit it this time. Okay. Because I was like, no, I've already watched that. (laughs) I have other stuff I need to watch. But that's where he was having all that inner monologue and yeah, all kinds. So I feel like we're really missing a lot here. And they just wrapped it up in one sentence. A furious Alan plots to kill the lovers in 1980, but at the last minute, Alan rescues them, realizing he'd be the only suspect. What? Yeah, because apparently he tried several times to kill them. And then following their reconciliation, Monica refused to sleep with Alan and insisted on separate bedrooms. Alan and Monica's marriage is tested again when Alan begins having an affair with Susan Moore, which leads to the birth of his son, Jason, in 1981. 1981 means he's 40. Steve Burton just turned 50. There we go. As Alan prepares to divorce Monica, Monica begins flirting with another man, making him realize how much he loves her. With encouragement from Scott Baldwin and her cousin, Heather, Heather Weber, mm-hmm. Susan sues Alan for millions of dollars and manages to get a million-dollar trust fund for Jason. Fair enough. In early 1983, Alan is suspected in Susan's murder investigation, and it's later revealed that she was actually killed by Lila's first husband, Crane Tolliver, who reveals that Lila, who reveals that he and Lila are never divorced. Meanwhile, Jimmy Lee Holt comes to Port Charles and reveals that he is Edward's illegitimate son. Jimmy Lee teams up with Heather in an attempt to blackmail the family with Lila's unsigned divorce papers. Alan soon reconciles with Monica and she later adopts Jason. Mm-hmm. Which is sweet. <laughs> That's all that General Hospital fandom had. And then when we go to Curly Q, nothing was from like January to May. So I have a feeling that's when everything was going on with all the trying to blow up and yeah. roof collapse and stuff. Over at the quarter mains, Alan is waking up with a vicious hangover. He is in Monica's bed. pattern too, which I think is funny. He gets well, hungover a lot. <laughs> there's a lot of drinking that goes on in the quarter mains, especially in the 80s and 90s. They don't drink Seriously. like they used to. No. 
No. I mean, good for them, but they don't feel like they right. used to. Oh, good morning. Here's a scotch. Exactly. He is in Monica's bed and doesn't remember anything about the party. He also doesn't remember how he got into Monica's room, but Monica tells him that she had Lee bring him there so he and Gail wouldn't know that they weren't sleeping together. Alan says that it's too late and that he already told Lee. Monica tells him that it's time they talked about divorce. Alan doesn't really feel well enough to talk about the divorce, but knows that he has to. He is still upset that Rick told him that the baby is not his and wants time to think about it. He also wants to know what Monica wants to do about the baby, which would be AJ. Monica informs him that she wants the baby to stay with her. She then heads off to the hospital to make rounds. So, is that AJ? Yes. Did you watch any of this? Here and there. It was like background noise. This was blowing my mind. Back in the 80s, like back in 1980, at least according to General Hospital and their law degrees, the fact that Alan was under the impression that AJ was his, meant that he was his. Did not matter if they could prove that Rick was the dad or not. Right. What? Yeah. And he had all kinds of like legal, I mean, they talk about it, like Lee talks about it and they talk about it. I think it's Gail tells Monica, listen, you can't just take, like he could sue for custody even if the baby is Rick's. That's insane. Uh Uh-huh. Also keep in mind though, we did not have DNA. True. So they had to look for certain other things. Oh my gosh, that's insane. Mm-hmm. I wondered because I had read all the same stuff too. And where does she want the baby? What do you mean where does she want the baby? It's her baby. Of course, yep. it's going with her. That's nuts. I did like that. And I'm sure it gets into this, that they were talking about evidence of people cheating and whatever, mm-hmm. and that that was going to be like so bad in court. But exactly. And I'm yeah. like, and nowadays everything is just no fault, which is BS, because I would have loved to be like, here's my proof. Even if it wouldn't have got me anymore, here's my proof. Let exactly. me tell my story of why this is all messed There's up. There's not a monetary value to it, but it's at least acknowledging that, yeah, dude, you maybe should have kept it in your pants. Exactly. It's not irreconcilable differences. It's you. You cheated. And- <laughs> yeah. I mean, in fairness, I guess it is irreconcilable that you just are okay with that. How dare you? I think there should at least be a magic number because I tried to be okay with it a few thousand times, it feels like. But I feel like it should have still gone in the divorce document. Like, right, let me tell you. So, yeah. But anyway, that's just me. Kind of like I wanted the official court documents with the little packet. Yeah. I wanted the blue folder. Here, sign this. And I never got it. Photo, cover page. Yeah. Tracy and Mitch are talking about Alan's drinking, so you're not the only one who thought it was a problem, and can't understand what Alan is so upset about that he drank that much. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Tracy heads over to the mansion to find out. Alan is still <laughs> unable to make it downstairs. I would have loved for these videos. Yes. Stella comes in with more coffee and tells him that Tracy is downstairs and wants to see him. Alan tells Stella to get rid of her, but before she can do that, Tracy comes in with a surefire hangover remedy. After drinking it, Alan starts to feel a little better. I want to know what that remedy is. I know. Tracy is concerned for her brother and wants to know what he is upset about. Back in Monica's bedroom, Alan is wise to the reason behind Tracy's visit. He denies there are any problems with his marriage to Monica and that he has too many plans to let alcohol ruin them. He escorts Tracy to the door without divulging any personal business. Mitch is visiting Susan at work. He tells her that he's going to ask Tracy for a divorce. Mitch is serious, but he has to be careful. He wants to know that Susan will be there for him, but Susan is concerned that Tracy won't let him divorce her. Susan can't promise Mitch anything and won't commit to anything. She doesn't want to play games with Frank Smith because it's wrong and dangerous. I would go with dangerous and wrong. Uh, That's that's the order. Right. Frank Smith is dangerous. Just a bit. Over at GH, Monica and Leslie make small talk about the party. Leslie tries to leave, but Monica tells her that she's asked Alan for a divorce. Visibly upset, Leslie leaves. Alan sees a worker in the hall who is fixing the attic. The worker assures him that there will be no more accidents with the construction, but Alan thinks that there will be another sort of accident. So I'm assuming that's making the that's what I'm trying feeling fallen. But this is the thing. So like we're using fandom with hardly any, any information, and then that with like a little bit more. So I'm thinking there was an accident in the attic. It's obviously getting prepared or repaired, and now Alan's like, oh, this is how I can hurt them. Yes. That so makes sense. I feel like that's where we're putting that together. Right. On May 25th, 1980, Edward and Tracy are in Tracy's penthouse. Edward is about to sign a new will, which cuts Tracy out of the family fortune, which carries over for decades. Oh my gosh. If you have not watched this scene, you have to do it. Okay. It, it's 
so good. He tells her that he despises the very sight of her. He wants her to prove her love for him by dropping the paternity suit regarding Alan Jr. Because as we talked about in the 70s, she was dead set on making sure that it was proven that AJ was not Alan so that Ned was the only one getting the inheritance. Right. Edward tells her that if she doesn't drop it, he will disown her completely. So what's missing here is that this is when Edward has a heart attack and he tells her, like, I can't stand you, you know, and she's just begging. She's like, but daddy, I love you. You know, all this stuff. You have to love me. I'm your daughter. You know, I've learned that money comes first. Like, that's what I've learned at your knee. You know, all these things. And so he pretends to have a heart attack. I can't remember if he pretends or if he actually was. And he's like begging for her to get his pills. And she's just like standing there like, "Mm." and then she finally goes and gets them. And at some point, I think she gave him one. So I was also cleaning while I was listening to this. So I had my earbuds in and my phone was like, I wasn't necessarily watching it, but she winds up talking like with her back to him and he stands up and comes up behind her. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. It was, it was good. It was really good to listen to. I'll have to go back and watch. Like, I watched part of it, but I didn't, I was so proud of myself. I did not just sit down and stop it because it was like a half hour. Yeah, but it was good. And then in June, having learned of his wife, Monica's affair, Alan plots to kill her and her her new lover. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Alan plots to kill her and her lover, Rick Weber. This episode opens with Rick and Monica on the waterfront heading to the cottage. Okay. Alan is stalking them and sees them goes in. Watch this on YouTube. Awesome. Rick and Monica are obviously in love and Monica can't believe that they're actually together. They embrace and Rick tells her that this is just the beginning for them. They talk about Alan Jr. being their son and that Alan will realize this and then they can be together as a family. Rick says that he wants, he has waited so long to be with Monica. Monica is nervous and feels like a schoolgirl. Oh my. She tells Rick that she loves him. He then begins to take her clothes off. Alan is still outside of the cottage. Front facing or back facing? I don't know. I didn't. <laughs> We see Mitch and Susan together and they are having an argument. He is wondering why she never married Frank. And she says that Mitch is far too concerned with money. Rick and Monica are both so happy and Monica wants to know if they can live together. Rick doesn't want to hurt Leslie more than he has to. And then he proposes to Monica. That's not going to hurt Leslie. Right. I mean, you're already married to one woman. What could proposing to another one hurt? Who accepts passionately, which I think AKA means Mm -hmm. round two. Lurking outside, Alan reveals that he has a gun under his jacket. He then has a fantasy conversation about how he found his wife and lover in bed together. Monica says that she's never been this happy. Rick assures her that she's not dreaming and that they will be together someday. They talk about their future as husband and wife medical team. They make love as Alan checks his watch and heads towards the cottage. He runs into a dock worker uh and then heads up the cottage, the stairs of the cottage, just as there's a grand explosion. Thank you for that sound effect. <laughs> that was beautiful. I will now be starting my second, fifth job as a sound effects person nice. for Hollywood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Um, August 6, 1980, Alan tells Monica that he expects her to be at a fundraiser and she assures him that she will not be there. After Monica leaves the room with baby AJ, Alan and Rick argue. Both men insist that they are AJ's father. At the Quartermain Mansion, Alan vows to Edward that his plans for the fundraiser dinner will get Monica back home. Later, Rick mentions to Monica that he sees no resemblance of him and AJ. Ooh. Mm. Rick seems unconcerned, but Monica is obviously nervous about the conversation. The walls of Jericho come down. What? So the title of it was The Walls of Jericho Come Down. Original air date was 10-20-80. Oh. Hold it. Read the next name? I don't know. It was just written there, and so I kind of liked it. I know. Like, did did the episode? Could you imagine naming the episodes every single day? No, that's why I want to know. Maybe it's a storyline. Maybe it's just because. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Hold it. Read this next line. The mummy, not mommy, mummy case arrives at the queues. What? Okay. I had to leave that in there. Okay. Because <laughs> I was like, what? I'm not sure what that means. Rick consults with Steve Hardy and tells him that Monica is having a hard time accepting that she will not be working with him. Steve asks if she should be reassigned and Rick confirms that it would be a good idea. Alan confronts Monica and asks if Rick is finally going to back off. Alan and Monica talk about Rick. Alan is jealous. Monica tells Alan that one day Rick will want her. Alan threatens her to behave respectively for AJ's sake. Wow. He demands that she acts like Mrs. Alan Quartermain when she's in public, regardless of what her true feelings are. And this is the stuff that we are talking about. We don't know how he did not get killed. 
So then I have no idea why Edward apparently had gotten the mummy case. I didn't get any other information. I was just like, what? And then that's all that they had for. So like he ended in October and then in 1981, we didn't get anything until July where Susan Moore has flashbacks to Alan. Susan calls Alan asking him to come over. Monica enlists Kathy to spy on Alan's activities. Meanwhile, Alan arrives at the disco and receives a message from Susan to meet her there. But all he finds is a note from Susan. She has left him. I watched this. That was like Monica was really trying to set up Alan to get caught in the affair so that she could be like, boom. Right. Because she wanted He's cheating now too. To take the court. Yep. So Susan has left Alan and Kathy confronts Corrigan with the fact that she knows that he's a private detective. She tells him that she is spying for Monica and hoping the two of them can pull their resources to help her. And then kind of in the background, the ice princess came in. Oh, jeez. But it was funny because Edward showed it to Alan and he's like, I thought it was black. And Edward's like, I claimed it. What? What? And then Alan's like sulking around and Edward is wondering what's going on. And Alan tells Edward that he misses Susan very much. Edward is delighted that she has left town, but Edward is in it for a shock when Alan informs him that Susan is pregnant with his child. Hmm. Hey, when that happened. Yeah. And Monica tells Kathy that she has to go out of town to a seminar. She instructs Kathy to watch Alan closely. Later, Monica has dinner with Larry Corrigan, and he thinks it's a good idea for him to apply for a job at the disco. Mm. That way, he can track Alan's comings and goings. So I did not do a ton of research on this, but was Alan a part owner of the disco that Luke worked at? Oh, I hope not. Because that, that is that the sense. timing, or was it after? No, I don't know. I feel like that would be right. Maybe. Luke and Laura got married in 82. No. 81. 81? Yep. So maybe, maybe he took over after. I don't know. Mm. Mm. So then Larry calls Monica from the disco with some distressing news before she goes on her trip. Susan Moore is pregnant. Dun, dun, dun. Yep. And then in August, Alan calls Mr. Tomlinson in New York regarding Susan. Tomlinson agrees to come to Port Charles to discuss the case in detail. After Alan leaves the office, Corrigan sneaks and finds a number that Alan just called. And then in August, Monica came home. That was a long conference. (laughs) Well, (laughs) so then Monica winds up coming home from the hospital seminar and Alan treats her very coldly and invites Gail to stay for dinner. Alan announces that he's going out of town for a while. Realizing that he's going to meet his lover, Monica tells Gail that she's going to crucify Alan if it's the last thing she does. Later, Corrigan calls Monica to tell him that Alan has hired a PI named Tomlinson to find Susan. And then in September, basically, AJ winds up in the hospital. Monica and Alan are worrying about him. I like that that was a real thing. Yeah. This was with his heart. Yeah, exactly. Remember? Why didn't we have Wiley have a heart issue? Yes. But I didn't realize. I knew that... I knew that they said that he had a heart problem, but I didn't know it was actually written into the story back in the 80s. And then they pulled it for Michael yeah, again. I really like I do like that. Whenever yeah. they go back. So then basically, Alan, it, it's so funny because it says Alan Jr. And it's AJ. <laughs> it's AJ. It's AJ. AJ gets better. And then Alan learns that Susan had just given birth to a baby boy. And just throwing it out there, um, that was September 13th, 1981. Might have been a year before your favorite co-host was born. <laughs> To the day. But then AJ winds up going in to get surgery, and then Alan has to call Susan in New York, you know, to find him. At the end of September, Alan says that he's going to close the disco for good. So, yeah, I guess he was an owner. Alan is on to Monica's PI, Corrigan, and Corrigan tells Kathy that his cover at the disco was blown by Alan. Corrigan tells Monica that he wants to blackmail Alan, but Monica has other ideas. She pays off Corrigan and tells him to get out of town. Later, Kathy bids farewell to Monica as she tells her that she is moving to California. Kathy was originally going to be Monica's long-lost daughter, but that storyline was dropped during the writer's strike in 81. Oh my gosh! What? Sorry. (laughs) Monica tells Alan that she will stop at nothing to get full custody of her son. Edward tells Alan that he has that he has a half-brother whose mother is, quote, dead. Edward wants Alan to pay off not only Susan, but Monica. And then Alan and Susan return to the cottage with Jason in tow. It was just so funny. Later, Alan and Monica sit down at breakfast to discuss the divorce. Then Edward goes to Susan with hopes of buying her off. He tells her that her son is a quartermain, so money is important to a woman raising a child. Later, Lila is upset and she doesn't want a scandal. Poor Lila. Always dragged into the messes. And then Susan brings Jason to GH to show Leslie and Bobby. Oh my gosh, how funny is it that she showed Bobby, Jason, and then Jason is who Bobby, Jason is 
so important in Bobby's life now through Carly. Monica tells Susan that the baby will, baby will never be a quarter main heir. Um, hmm. <laughs> a little wrong about well, that one. A little bit, but then he kind of voted himself out yes. of that one too. Susan tells Alan that his family won't ever leave, won't leave her alone until she's out of the picture. And Monica sees Alan carrying a suitcase and he is leaving the mansion and moves in with Susan. And that was all in October. Not all of this, but basically since Alan and Susan have breakfast at Kelly's. And then Monica runs into Alan and Susan at the floating rib. And this is when Leslie decided that to join so Monica. Good. Because yes, scene. And we talked about that with Monica's lovers. Yes. That was that such was a good Really, scene. really good. Let's not eat together. Let's sit here. Yep. Let's not eat apart. Let's sit here and eat together because men suck. That's what that conversation was. And then later in October, Alan and Monica are stuck in the GH elevator. Alan watches in delight as Monica squirms in the enclosed space with her ex. Monica tells Alan that she's changed her mind about the divorce. If he wants a divorce, he's going to have to sue her. Alan finally admits to Susan that he cannot divorce Monica and create a scandal. And Edward casually mentions to Monica that he's glad that she decided not to sue Alan. It means the Qs will all be living in the same house together. Because that's a good idea. I know. Alan tells Susan that he can't sue Monica for divorce while he's living with her. Because obviously that's going to like be very detrimental to the whole family. Susan tells Alice that she's getting frustrated for frustrated waiting for Alan to divorce Monica. It goes... Susan and Monica actually decide to have lunch and it goes badly when Monica threatens Susan with the fact that Alan sued her for divorce and he would lose AJ and a lot of the Q fortune. And Susan and Alan argue, obviously, I'm not having fun with that. <laughs> right. Please don't threaten me with my child or my boyfriend's child. Man, Alan and Susan have a lot of breakfast. And then in December, Alan's lawyer tells him he doesn't have a chance in custody, doesn't have a chance in the custody of his son as long as he lives with Susan. The lawyer advises him to return to the blissful life with Monica. Is that really blissful? Mm. Is that the phrase we would use for that? It looks like it from the outside, which is all that matters. Yeah. And Alan tells Susan that he cannot divorce Monica because of the scandal. I feel like he's told her that several times I now. <laughs> Alan and Monica end up having dinner together while picking at their food. They start quarreling. Their fury turns into rage and then into passion as Alan grabs Monica and they drop to the floor and start kissing passionately. <laughs> I would like to see that scene. I know. The way she so potatoes in her hair. It's like, fall over. They drop to the floor. <laughs> And then later in the month, Lila tries to convince Monica that if she plays her cards right, she can have Alan back. Monica insists she wants nothing to do with her husband. And it was really cute because Alan set up the trains under the Christmas tree at the Quartermains, which was an annual tradition. And then Monica and Alan get into an argument. So that's really all that happened. Like, And this, is, this was the tough part, was filling that in and then watching the videos and trying to watch the videos in order. Because they fought so much, you didn't know what fight which happened fight when. Yep. Yes. Yep. I had the same problem. I'd start watching and I would be like, wait, did that happen before that fight? No, that has to be after. And it right. does not make a lot of sense. But we end 1981. Basically, I'm under the impression that Alan's back at the Quartermain Mansion. Yet we start 1982 where Susan tells Alan to pack up and get out. Huh? I don't know. So I don't know. Don't know either. Mm -mm. All right. So yeah, January 1982, Susan tells Alan to pack up and get out. Alan tells Edward that Susan tossed him out and Edward howls with laughter. I could just see that. Mm -hmm. Monica sees Alan's suitcase and figures out Susan dumped him. Alan later brings his bags back to Susan's and she forgives him. And he calls to make arrangements for immediate divorce from Monica. Edward tells Alan he's a fool to try to get custody of his son from Monica. Later in January, Alan shows Edward a sign in the yard of the mansion showing it's for sale. A few days later, Alan overhears Monica turn down an offer on the house. Monica figures out it was Alan that put in the bid on the home. Oh, what a jerk. Monica tells Gail that she is going to definitely sell the mansion right out from un right out from Alan's nose. Flowers arrive at the Q Mansion for Monica. Edward and Alan learn they are from a Frenchman, Philippe. Susan makes a romantic dinner for Alan. After her night with Alan bombed, Alan goes to see Dr. Katz to unload his problems. Is that the um, psychiatrist of that time? Sure. Susan visits Dr. Katz and wants to know what he has discussed with Alan. I thought that was going to say what he's diagnosed Alan with, and I was going to laugh. Cats. Either way, yeah. It's she not, still shouldn't be getting that information. When did HIPAA become a law? What 1996. So this was 14 years ahead of HIPAA. I still feel like common still not appropriate. You still want to do that. Yeah. Kat suggests Susan not try so hard and let Alan work out his problems with her. Later, Susan tries to pump Steve for information with no luck. 
Alan and Edward keep track of the flowers arriving for Monica. Six baskets so far. You go, Monica. Monica returns from Europe. She was at a cardiac convention with a new look and a new attitude. Monica is looking fabulous and leaves Alan speechless. Alan blows up at Susan when she comes to GH and tries to get him to see another doctor. This is also, I mean, I feel like any of this is really good to watch, but Edward also kept sneezing at the flowers. So they kept arriving. And then Monica actually arrived before the last basket did. So she got it. And Edward's like, take them home to your girlfriend or whatever. Like, we don't need any more. <laughs> you know, and she's like, those are not yours to give. Right. Leave my flowers alone. Oh, also important thing to note. We are reading what was said in the 80s, not necessarily terms that are used right now. Uh-oh. With that said, get us into March. Oh. All right. Alan and Susan are at home arguing, and Monica gets a call from her French gigolo right in front of Edward and Alan. Isn't gigolo someone that's using you for money? He obviously must have his own money if he's sending her six baskets of flowers. I honestly don't... I, I, Okay, hold on. A young man paid or financially supported by an older woman to be her escort or lover. Well, that's just what Edward and Alan kept saying. Oh, you're gigolo, you're gigolo. So maybe they were saying that I would be to be condescending and like, yeah, but I would her like, oh, there's no way someone's actually doing that for you. You must be paying them to do that. I would have totally Ew. thrown it up in their face and been like, mm -mm, I didn't pay for these flowers. He did. Yeah. Anyway. Edward, Lila, and Alan plot to keep Monica from selling the Q Mansion. Alan tells Monica she will get that divorce from him and keep the house if it kills him. Alan's lawyer fails to talk him out of the divorce, but he does want to post postpone it for now. Monica calls her French gigolo Philippe and they arrange a meeting at a New York hotel. It's a comedy of errors as Philippe is given Alan's room number and Alan's lawyer's assist. Alan's lawyer's assistant is given Monica's room. Philippe comes in as Alan is taking a shower. Meanwhile, the dumb lawyer, thinking he got the right Quartermain room, tells Monica all about the divorce. Alan manages to get a few digs into Philippe and vice versa. It was pretty funny. I was going to say, I think I have to go back and watch that. I did not find that episode. <clears throat> Alan tells Susan that he can't live with her anymore if he expects to gain custody of his son. Monica tells Lila and Edward that she's taking an apartment and has sold the mansion to another couple. After Lee Baldwin reviews the documents concerning Alan's gift of the Q Mansion to Monica, he tells them that the lawyer drew up the papers prudently framed. After Lee Baldwin reviews the documents concerning Alan's gift of the Q Mansion to Monica, he tells them that the lawyer that drew up the papers prudently framed the gift as a living trust, meaning that Monica can only get the house if Alan were dead. That's probably not a good thing to tell people, especially when they walk around killing each other for fun. Yeah. Both Alan and Edward are overjoyed. So this was a very interesting scene to watch because they pretty much came in. Monica is there with her agent and there's the couple and Alan and Edward and Lee come in and say, oh yeah, you don't have the right to sell this house. And she's like, what are you talking about? Alan gave me this house. Yeah. I want to know seriously how many times she has said that line. Oh my gosh. I know. I don't know that I, I can count that high. Holy cow. So the couple start yelling at Monica for selling it without having title. And she's like, you should have done a title search. And then they look at their agent and the agent's like, well, we started, but it wasn't finished. I didn't think there was going to be an issue. Oh my gosh. So many things wrong with that. Do not, <laughs> do not ever buy a house without having clear title. Please, please, please. But then they're saying about how they want all their expenses reimbursed, that they've already right. paid movers, they've already done this, that, and everything. And the agent comes up and says that she still wants her 6% commission. It wasn't her fault that the house didn't close or she would sue to get it. I don't know how it's done. Okay, I don't know how it was done in the 80s. I don't know how it's done in other states. But in Pennsylvania... That's tough capoodles to the real estate agent, especially if you just seriously said we didn't finish title search. Right. You knowingly, you, you did not do everything then. Uh, we don't do the title search. There's a separate company for that. Again, don't know how it was done in the 80s or still, in New York. It completed before Correct. the rest of the paperwork goes through. Yeah. That would have been caught on a title search and we don't get commission if it falls apart. So you could be the day of closing and have it all fall apart and you would have done all that work and not gotten paid a dime. Wow. But yeah, if we don't, we don't get commission on something that didn't sell. That's not how that works. I would be interested to know if that did happen. 
I couldn't imagine that that would have happened because that's a lot. And okay, maybe she got 6% because if she was representing both the buyer and the seller, because so this commission is split between the agents. Yeah. It's not 6% commission to buyer agent and 6% to seller agent. It's 6% and then it's split mm-hmm. between those two. Uh huh. Okay. There's your little factoid. <laughs> Of how real estate is done now. But I was just, I'm sitting here going, oh my God, why did you not get a clean title? Why did you not get a clean title? Why did you think that it wasn't going to be a problem? Why did you think that? Because the way it also sounded from the agent was like, oh yeah, I knew that that was happening. I just didn't think it was going to be a problem. Oh my gosh. What? So then Lee, Edward, and Alan arrive at the mansion and tell the new owners, the snooty Oswalds, to get out. The mansion belongs to Alan. Monica has no right to sell it because the living trust. Monica tells Alan that she wishes that he were dead. And Scotty agrees to represent Monica in her suit with Alan. Monica tells Alan that they can move back into the mansion if he wants. But she and AJ will be moving out. Boom. Yeah. And then in May, Alan is intrigued when Monica tells him that she is a very special house guest invited over for dinner. Alan breaks Susan Hart, Susan's heart when he decides not to have dinner with her so he can go see who Monica is having over. Turns out the visitor Monica invited over is a Frenchman named Philippe, who she met in Paris. Alan thinks he's nothing but a gigolo. Seriously, he did keep saying this. I don't think we need to keep <laughs> reading it, though. So right. I, I will stop. Alan tells... Edward tells Alan that he informed Philippe of Alan's temper when jealous and that his life might be in danger. Alan drops Susan like a sack of potatoes so he can catch Monica in the act with Philippe. To his surprise, Monica is alone in bed. Because she's not stupid. Alice, Grant, Susan's aunt, who is also Heather, Grant, a.k.a. Weber. Uh-huh. Like, family. Tells Alan that Susan's at her wit's end and is thinking of packing it in. Edward tells Alan that he needs to send Susan on a cruise like he did with his mistress many years ago. <gasps> Susan is delighted with the news of a cruise, but disappointed that Alan won't be joining her. To pacify her, Alan agrees to meet her at St. Thomas in a week. Lila shows Edward a cozy dinner for two that she has arranged for Alan and Monica such the romantic little Lila. I love you. Alan w- Alan is with Susan seeing her off for her trip and the dinner with Alan and Monica goes as badly as the two start arguing again. Alan packs his bags ready to go to a medical convention and Monica hears, overhears and opening Alan's bag to find a pair of swimming trunks. I'm sorry. Hotels can have yeah. pools. Right. Did they in the 80s? I think so. I think. I mean, I, I think so. She suspects that Alan, especially if you're a doctor traveling, I'm pretty sure you're going to be able to afford one of those hotels. She suspects he's going to see Susan in the Caribbean. Monica checks the hotel that Alan is supposed to be staying in for his, quote, medical convention, but finds out that he never checked in. Meanwhile, Alan is with Susan. I don't like the happy way you said that. He's not supposed to be I didn't mean it the happy. I just meant like. Yes. All right. Yeah. Was not happy. Sorry. Monica admits to Edward that she knows that Alan is in the Caribbean with Susan. Edward, Alan, Monica, and Stella at the Q Mansion are at the Q Mansion. Okay. I forgot the word are. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> That's the beginning of a sentence. Sorry about it. Stop. Edward, Alan. Remember when Monica. I messaged you? My eyes are going cross. <laughs> yeah. Edward, Alan, Monica, and Stella are at the Q Mansion. Lee and Gail come over for a group bridge party. Oh, that sounds fun. Let's start playing bridge. Monica- Do you know how to play bridge? No. Neither do I. Okay. But we can learn. My mom knows how to play bridge. She can teach us. Oh, yeah. Games. Okay. Yes. All right. Yes. Monica craftily brings out the photos of Alan and Susan to a surprised Lee and Gail. A few days later, Alan tells Susan about the photos Monica has on them. Monica gloats to Edward over the photos. Edward and Monica spy on Susan through the telescope. Well, that's a little weird. Mm-hmm. She and Alan are having a furious argument. The following week, following week, Lee tells Alan that Monica filed for separation to the tune of $10,000 a week alimony. That's a beautiful number. In the 80s? That's a beautiful number. I am... Monica's biggest fan now. I might not like Alan anymore. I suddenly like Monica. Later, Alan is embarrassed when the photos turn up of Susan and him on the GH bulletin board. I was so wondering yes. if that's where Addison Montgomery Shepard got the idea to put Meredith's panties on the bulletin board from. I love it. I hope so. And We're I talking about it. Grey's Anatomy, but yes. we want to think that it was that inspired. Was scene. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. I know. Love it. At the Q's mansion, Alan has a furious fight with Monica that ends with him ripping off his shirt and kissing her passionately. He's like, what do you want? The shirt off my back? And so that's why he wound up ripping off his shirt. Okay. Because he's like, because the $10,000, he's like, are you kidding me? This is insane. Okay. Here, here. You want it all here. And then... mm -mm -mm -mm. So... 
I have a problem with all of this getting back together though, because when I was getting divorced, they told me that we could not have passionate conversations. <laughs> um, intimate. Like so much time has to pass to yes. show that you are getting divorced and staying divorced that you cannot have passionate quote unquote Relation. conversations <laughs> like Alan and Monica or else it resets the timer. Oh, geez. So yeah, like, cause you can file for divorce after you've been separated for so long. Mm -hmm. But if you're still having conversations like this, then <laughs> you're not really being separated. Now, are you? That's very much the opposite of separate. So a spouse with benefits? <laughs> there you go. Wow. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, the morning after, Stella finds Alan in bed with Monica. He informs her that she no longer has grounds on which to divorce him. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Edward delighted Alan took advantage and slept with Monica and Scotty blew up at Monica for sleeping with him. I'm not saying good job for good job for following the rules, at least like knowing the law, at least Alan. Okay. I should have read my one more sentence. Alan catches Monica trying to get Stella to forget about seeing her in bed with Alan in the GH elevator. Alan kisses Monica in front of Audrey. Susan is shocked to learn Alan postponed the divorce of Monica. It was so funny because Monica's standing there. Okay, if I'm remembering the scene correctly, they're in the elevator and he's just like whistling, but like he's like kind of like going over towards her. Like he wasn't whistling at, not like cat calling, whistling at her. He's just like, <laughs> like it's a great day. You know, right. Yeah. And then he just like keeps kind of like leaning down towards her, like smiling and stuff. And then Audrey comes in and as Alan gets to his floor, he goes, well, have a great day and just plants one on her. And, did she and uh, she <laughs> was not very happy about it. <laughs> Alan is trying to pacify Susan with expensive gifts. Alice tells Susan that Leslie informed her that Alan is back with Monica. Susan belts Alan at GH in front of Monica. <sighs> this, okay, again, they've done this so many times, it's hard to tell. So they were at the nurse's station and Alan and Monica were talking and Susan started approaching. <gasps> oh, I saw this From scene. behind. He's like... Saying to Monica, I love like you when so do we much. when do we get to do that you, again? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, you said that the other night, yeah, you know, stuff like that. And so Monica sees out of the corner of her eye Susan approaching and goes along with it, like, "Well, that was great," you know, blah 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 blah. And he's like, "Do you think it would be wrong for me to just kiss you right here in front of in like front everyone, of everyone?" Yeah. You know, and he does say he's like, "There's nobody like you." Like, it's a mix. It's a mixed bag here. You could be confused sometimes. And he, she's like, I don't think you should. And he's like, tell me why not. And she goes, look over your left shoulder. And he turns around and there is Susan and she takes her purse and whacks him across the face of it. Nice. 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 I did. I did see that one. I wasn't sure that that was the correct one that we were talking about. I, I think it is because then this so many times. Yes. Yes. Baffled when he gets a single red rose with perfume on it, Alan reads the message stating, Tonight. Alan arrives home to the tune of romantic music coming from upstairs and a string of notes. Going to the bedroom, he expects a wild night of lovemaking with Monica, but finds Susan in the bed. Edward and Monica arrive soon after, but find only Alan by himself. And that was creepy because Monica thought that she was going to catch yes, Alan. and took Edward up with her, which and is he's like, He's like, I don't want to see my son. Yeah. Doing that. Yeah. So gross. Alan tells Lee he has sent Susan flowers. When the flowers arrive, Susan throws them on the floor and tells Alice that she knows why Alan sent them. She knows that Alan and Monica have slept together. Edward tells Alan that he should try and bribe Susan. Thanks for the fatherly advice, Edward. You're a pig too. <laughs> we didn't already know that, but come on. Alan tells Edward that he got Susan a gift like he suggested. Leslie and Alice dish on Susan being upset about Alan. Alan gives Susan an expensive emerald necklace and he denies that he ever slept with Monica. Of course he does. Alice tells Susan that Alan and Monica have been friendly the past few days. Susan sees Alan flirting with Monica and decks him. So I bet that's okay. what we just saw. Or what we I don't know. She just hit him twice in a month. Know. Who knows? Yep. Monica is grumpy with Alan after spending the night in the guest room. Alan tells her he will end it with Susan and they kiss. Susan blows up at Scott for their failed plan with Alan. Susan and Alan meet at the ELQ offices with proting from his father who spies on them in the other room. Again, Edward, we need to get a little bit of a life. Alan <laughs> tells Susan it's over. A hopping mad Susan storms out after dropping her bracelet. Heather advises Susan to stick it out 
No. Heather advises Susan to stick it to Alan where it hurts, the quartermain purse strings. Heather tells Scotty he will defend Susan in the custody case with Alan. In August, Alan and Monica are arguing over Susan. Lee assures them that they need to work together if Alan has any chance of winning the trial. In September, Heather brings Jason to GH and tells Alan that Susan is drinking heavily. Lee tries to warn Alan to stay out of Jason and Susan's life until after the trial. Alan, Monica, Lila, and Edward discuss Susan's custody case. Edward refuses to help Alan, who is on his own. Alan walks into Heather's trap. Heather is attempting to seduce him. As she plants a kiss on his lips, Scott bursts in and takes a photo, but Monica is right behind Scott taking his picture of him taking a picture of Heather kissing Alan. Yep. Lee tells Alan and Monica that Susan has a good chance of winning her case. Alan is surprised to learn that Alice is to testify for Susan against him. Lila is summoned to in the trial against Alan. So the custody trial, Alan and Monica watch a sober Susan talk with Scotty. Scotty makes it look like Susan was the helpless victim in Alan's abandonment. Lee defends Alan and points out that Susan's expensive gifts that she got from her time with Alan. His hard questioning leaves Susan in tears. Heather takes the stand. Ooh, so this was Lee against Scotty. Yeah. This is father versus son. I knew this, but I forgot to mention it. Mm -hmm. Heather takes the stand and makes it appear that Alan had the hots for her. Joe later takes the stand. Who's Joe? Don't know. Takes the stand and testifies that he found Heather in Scotty's bed. Finally, Monica takes the stand defending Alan, stating that it was her that drove him into Susan's bed. The judge makes a decision. Alan will pay Jason $1 million to go into a trust fund. However, Susan will get $150,000. Susan is livid and Scotty hustles her out of the course courtroom before she makes a scene. Alan and Monica celebrate with a, the victory with a passionate kiss and later he takes her to bed. <laughs> oh my God. in october alan and monica have dinner to celebrate his victory in court over susan their evening is interrupted when alan gets a call from a very drunk susan telling him that jason is sick alan tells monica he has no choice he has to go to the cottage and check on jason alan arrives at the cottage susan the cottage and the baby are all a mess monica arrives to help alan clean things up and Heather arrives home to the cottage and wants to know what Alan and Monica are doing there. And this was actually really sweet because so Stuart Damon was just playing with the baby. Yeah. And then I think that was a real moment. Yeah. I that was then really cute. Monica leans over and just gives him a kiss. And he's like, um, you really should not be doing that right here. You know, Susan was like passed out right behind him. He asked why. He's like, yeah. Why in this moment would you want to kiss me? And it's like, uh, yeah, that's it's that's hot. <laughs> But he hoists Susan over his shoulder or over his back to bring her upstairs. And I think this was so funny because Monica goes, careful, don't drop it, her. <laughs> and he's like, I don't think it would even notice if I dropped it. Right. And she took care of the baby while he took yep. care of Susan. Yep. So that and was And that cute. was the start of Monica loving Jason and remembering that he is a child and no child should have to pay for the problems that their parents created. Yay. <laughs> then we meet a person named hand i think it was a last name i don't know but he's flirting with heather and later shows up with susan at the rib the floating rib jackie stalls mark while then hand shows up with jason and susan at gh alan not knowing who hand is makes insulting remarks amy breaks the news to alan that hand is a local mobster alan is devastated Ooh, the irony right Ooh, that Susan started dating a mobster and her son would one day grow up to be a mobster. Alan is devastated. He thinks that Susan put out a contract on him and Monica is delighted and poking fun at the situation. I did not watch this, but it says that it was a funny scene. Alan is dining at the floating rib, sees Susan and Han together and a tipsy, a tipsy Susan embarrassed Alan at the rib. Alan panics when he hears gunshot in his bedroom, but it's only the lawnmower of the gardener and Monica is having fun at Alan's expense. Then there was an event called the Star Benefit. No idea what this is, but it sounded pretty cool. Where Alan flirts with Heather until he finally learns what he wants to do. Susan did not put a contract out on him, so therefore he dumps Heather. And Monica sarcastically tells Alan to ask Anthony Hand for a loan and maybe even loan him his girlfriend, Susan. Ooh. And then Susan walks into GH with Jason, drunk as ever, and totally embarrassed Alan. And that's just sad because that's baby. Alan furiously tried to raise a million dollars to pay for his legal woes. A million dollars? Seriously. My gosh. Yeah. Monica and Alan run into Susan at Delfino's purchasing expensive dresses with Jason's money. Alan and Susan get into a furious argument over Jason. 
Alan wants Monica to be a mother to Jason. Monica throws Alan out of the bedroom. Gail reports to Alan that Susan is acting up another drunken storm with Scotty on her side. Monica couldn't care less and tells Alan off. Alan and Monica confront a smug Scotty and a tipsy Susan at the restaurant. In December, Alan and Monica are all lovey-dovey. Susan is still drinking. Susan reads and sees the photo of Alan and Monica in the paper regarding the happily married couples of GH. Alan and Monica have breakfast. Alan gets a call from GH about Susan. She's in the hospital in critical condition. Susan undergoes surgery with Rick and Mark, Scotty, Heather, and Gail, all of the all at GH, are concerned about Susan. Rick and Mark airing out their differences to Steve, and Alan blames Scotty for Susan's accident. Laura T. feeling guilty about Susan's accident. Don't know why. She runs out on Scotty at the hospital. Oh, that's Laura Templeton. Oh, okay. I'm like, I'm like, who's Laura T? Yeah. It would have to be Laura Templeton, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Susan goes into cardiac arrest and Alan begs her to live. Alan learns that Scotty and Susan are married and he belts Scotty. Edward, Alan, and Monica discuss Jason and Susan. Scott asks Susan for power of attorney and Alan learns about it later and goes to Lee. For Christmas, Alan gives Monica a diamond necklace. He just hands out necklaces left I and right. Know. And Alan visits Susan and she's getting better. Susan is in love with Scotty, though Scotty is not really in love with her. He obviously just wants Jason's money. Right. Alan fumes when he sees Scotty romancing Susan. Monica, Alan, and Jesse are a GH. Alan's concerned over Scotty's fawning over Susan. Gail and Monica worry about Alan, who may revert to his violent tendencies with the stress from the Susan affair. Scotty tells Lee and Alan that Heather is his new secretary. Gail and Susan discuss Scotty. Alan asks Rick's Rick for some advice on Scotty and Susan and they talk about the past with his affairs with Monica. So 1982 took a lot longer than we really thought that it was going to. So many affairs and fights. I know. And so many important side conversations for us to have. <laughs> Sometimes that happens a lot. So, often. <laughs> so we're going to stop there and then next week we'll do I guess 83 and 84 and we'll see. We'll do at least 83 and 84 and see what happens. There you go. We'll see okay. where we end up. Yep. So If you have any information that we are obviously missing and think about all the things that we're totally missing from this. Oh yeah. Please email us at pure54podcast at gmail.com. You can try to message us on social media, but sometimes we don't always check that. Email is always the best. And join us on Monday as we recap this week's shows. Have a good weekend. And we'll meet with the peer. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed today's show, we invite you to go to peer54podcast.com to subscribe on your favorite platform. Don't forget to leave us a review. And you can also follow us on many social media channels. Just search for Peer 54 Podcast. Also, we are not perfect. So if there is something that we missed or messed up, just let us know by emailing us at peer54podcast at gmail.com. 